0: Thank you so much for being here, and I appreciate you so much, those of you, again, that that makes the extra effort to get here at an early time. Six o'clock sometimes is difficult if you're working a job, and uh, how many of you, just out of curiosity, how many of you have been here for up to, this is our seventh, how many of you have been for all seven so far? Okay, so we've held on to a few of you, all right, well, I want you to, tonight we're going to Go back to Psalm 119 before I get started. I want to show uh, Joel something here. I know it don't, don't mean nothing to you all, but every week I've been bringing you something that's relevant uh, since me and Joel have known each other for a long time. And I uh, I don't know if you still have yours of this or not, but we used to, uh, <laughs> we had these, this is part of a quilt my wife had made, but do you remember this jersey at all? The old practice jersey, reversible jerseys. Me and, me and Joel, those were top-notch things, but me and Joel used to wear those, and that was our practice jerseys, and, and we were so honored just to be on the team, and anything free like that we got, uh, all we that's all we did, we was practice players. But just tonight, I want, we're going to do, I want to review for just a moment, uh, some of you have not been in here before, and, uh, and I want you to... Um, Tonight, we're going to look at some of the stuff we've talked about up to this point. The study of the Bible, I hope each one of you have your handouts, uh, which has the eight outlines of the eight lessons uh, that we've been following along with. Uh, we, have, we have covered several things so far to this point, and again tonight, what we're going to talk about is the, the results of studying the Bible. If you've got your page that you want to turn to in your handout so far, the result of studying the Bible. When you and I think about the benefits of what we're doing while we do this. Tonight, really the subject, the result of studying the Bible is this. It's really what the Bible does for us. Uh, I'm a pretty selfish person. I, I really want to know what, how it benefits me and, and what it's going to do for me. And, and that's probably like most of us in here. We have talked up to this point. We've talked about the reality of the Bible. In other words, what is the Bible? I cherish the Word of God. I really do, and I uh, have so much respect for the Word of God. But the reality of the Bible, what we need to study, and we looked at that first week, was what the Bible is. What is the Bible? We talked about that second lesson. We talked about the receiving of the Bible. That is where a lot of us will get really confused about certain things. And, and, um, And we talked about the canon. We've mentioned it several different times. I want to tell you something. Of all the different things, the different Bibles and things you'll get... The canon is pretty much, the New Testament canon is pretty much the same in all of them, okay? Uh, there is some different uh, books that, uh, that are not included in our canon of the 39 in the Old Testament. So when we look at that receiving of the Bible, it was that second lesson of how we got the Bible. It's really interesting study. That third lesson we talked about was really this. It was that, that we talk about when we, uh, we think about the study of the Bible was really what's the reliability of it. Can we depend upon the Word of God? Bottom line is, how we got it or what the Bible is means nothing if it's not reliable. I am one of those that will go to the mat and I will, I will die fighting for the fact that this Bible is reliable. And um, when we close here in a little bit and we talk about those prayer requests, it's real important to know that we're, we're talking about a God that is reliable. And His Word is reliable. We talked about our fourth lesson, that relevance of the Bible of uh, the relevance of it, of how it makes a difference in our life, and those different things. The fifth and the sixth lesson that I had, had put together was this it was really just a recipe of how to study the Bible. In other words, it's how you and I are to study God's Word. Uh, a lot of people struggle in that er- area of how to study, of how to, the difference between just reading the Bible and studying the Bible. So we, that brings us up to tonight, tonight's lesson, which we're going to talk about the result of studying the Bible. In other words, what the Bible does for us because we, we put, put forth the effort of trying to study the Bible. In God's Word, again, I want to commend you for being here. Uh, you could be mowing your grass, be laying at home or, or a bunch of other things, but you've made an effort to come. And I appreciate that, and I know God does. Psalm 119, if you'll remember in the first lesson we talked about, it, it's the longest chapter in the book of the Bible. It's the 176 verses that are included in that chapter. And every verse in that chapter has something to talk about relevance to us about God's Word. So as we come to this tonight on your introduction, I want you to do this. The Bible tells us how God does a couple of things. First of all, how, the Bible tells us how God blesses us. How He blesses us. Uh, blessing, happy. When you read the, Beati- uh, the, when the sermon on the mount, when it says, blessed are those, uh, such and such of different subjects. When we go to a funeral, myself and my wife, I, uh, uh, there's Matthew 5, 4 is the verse that we always write down after we sign in that register. And it says, blessed are those that mourn, happy. It brings us comfort, but blesses, blesses us. The word of God does that. When you and I begin to study it, and the Bible tells us how God blesses us. He makes you happy. Um, I don't know about you, but in my walk and in my daily walk, I, I, I know a lot of people that are just miserable. But did you know, the Bible tells us how God blesses us. That very familiar verse of Scripture, and I want to read the whole thing to you, but out of James, how it talks us about every, talking about how every good gift and everything that we have, how blessed we really are when you think about it. It's from the Bible, John, James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no bearableness, neither shadow of turning. When you and I think about what the Bible tells us, it's how God blesses you and I. We are a blessed people. Uh, This country is still, with all of our problems, with all of our faults and our failures, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed nation. We're an ungrateful nation. We're an ungodly nation. Uh, Some people, I, I didn't... We didn't get into it, but I had a discussion with a gentleman a while back. said, this is not a godly nation anymore. We're not really a Christian nation. Whether you want to debate that or not, but we are a blessed nation. God has blessed this country. And God has blessed us as individuals in this room here tonight. The Bible also does this. The Bible tells us how God blesses us, but it also tells us how it benefits us. I said just a few moments ago that we're really selfish when we come to this point. We always say, how does this benefit me? I uh, I was in a meeting one time, and I had a had a gentleman that they were doing going over our health benefits in our in uh, our company group policy. And I had a guy there, and everyone in there they kept asking, said, "Does anybody have any questions?" Well, everybody had questions, and then and it was all because how does this benefit me? How does this benefit me? Nowadays, when you go to hire somebody at a job, it's not so much the pay, but it's about the what. The benefits. Can I tell you tonight that the Bible tells us how God benefits us? It tells us how he benefits us. And um, I I started to tell you the story about the gentleman in there that they answered every question in the room. Every question in the room. And one of the questions they kept telling us was about how the deductible was going up. How the deductible was going up. And Poor old Paul, he looked at that guy and he must have covered it, I mean, 20 times. Paul was not a real bright guy. But I'll ne- never forget Paul was standing beside me and he says, anybody got any other questions? Well, Paul looked around and everybody goes, hey, I, I got one. He says, how's this going to affect our deductible? Well, I just, I-, I thought, have you not been listening? Everybody want to know how it's going to benefit them. I love what the Bible says in, in Psalm 103, chapter 103 and verse number 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Those benefits that he loadeth us down with daily. Every breath that you and I take, when you get up in the morning, one of the things I have learned over the the last several years is this, that that every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. But not only every day, but every moment is a gift. Every breath that we take is a gift. If you've ever had a health scare or anything like that, you're going to realize how this Bible tells us how God benefits us. It benefits you. If you're down in dumps and you you don't feel like you got a lot going on, let me tell you, God's Word tells you He benefits us. So what I want to move on to is this. Those four things I said, what the Bible does for us on the result of studying the Bible. Looking with me there in Psalm 119, the first thing I want you to notice is it's a source of developing growth. Now, as churches, and, and if you go to a church, most of the time, they're all about growth. When uh, a pastor, when you all have meetings and you get together, churches are really interested in what? Church growth. Well, I tell you what I want you to do. To get church growth, it comes back to individual growth. And I can tell you this much that the Bible, what the Bible does for us, it is a source of developing growth. You need to be a growing Christian. Uh, we, we are never going to be perfect. There's a little old song we used to sing in, in the church I grew up in. We used to sing this song, He's Still Working On Me. You ever heard that song? To make me what I ought to be. That's what we, we got to realize. This, this Word of God is a source of developing growth. If you're not growing, you cannot become stagnant and be a growing Christian. There's different ways of growth. But I want you to notice there in Psalm 119 and verse number 32 what it says. When we talk about it, it's a source of developing growth. And it says, I will run the way of the commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. There's a Hebrew word there, and I will butcher it like crazy, as I always do. But rakab, I believe, is the way you pronounce that word. And that word for the enlarge of my heart, it means to broaden, to make room. It's the ideal of that, to make room for God's truth. And his commandments, his word. So you think about this, you say, I want to be a growing Christian. I want to grow in my faith. Um, I sometimes fill in for uh, Bob Bell on the, at Joy 620, uh, WRJZ. And, uh, and I'm sometimes over there on the radio. And the, their motto and their saying is helping you to grow in the faith. Well, the sad part about that is most of us don't realize helping to grow in the faith is getting in God's word. If you want to grow, get in God's word. And he says that plainly there when he says, When thou shalt enlarge my heart, it means that word, that Hebrew word is to just simply do this. It means to broaden or to make room. And you do that by reading of God's word and studying of God's word. There's a verse of scripture there that when we talk about developing growth, we look over there in 1 Peter, the second chapter. In 1 Peter, the second chapter there in the second verse when you think about this, of the source of developing growth, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Well, here's the thing about growing. Um, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, a couple of lessons ago, we talked about, and I said this, and, and I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm not trying to be rude by any means, and I'm trying to have a lot of respect for everybody, but can I tell you this? Our churches are full of babies, Christian babies. We've never grown, and, uh, and in my personal walk, I, I've got a lot of growing up to do, and I have learned uh, some things by just pure failure, which is sometimes the best way to, to grow, but can I tell you, your walk with the Lord, to grow and develop that growth is really done through the Word of God. You get in God's Word. I've never seen anybody that didn't get in God's Word and not grow in their faith and their walk with the Lord. So that's the first thing that I would tell you about what the Bible does for us. It's a source of gr- developing growth. The second thing I would tell you is this. It's a source of divine joy. It's a source of divine joy. I said something about us growing. Um, uh, my, my former pastor came to my brother that pastors at a little church. Or church in, um, and he came to that church. Had never been there before. It was about three or four years ago. And he got up and he made this statement. I really liked it. And uh, he he looked the congregation over, and he'd been there through the singing and everything. He says, I want to tell you something. You are a happy church. And I I think that's good. Um, I love laughing. Joel does not. Joel is not a very funny person. He's boring. Um, He's just not funny. But he and I, the reason we became such good friends is we love to laugh. And most of the time, we laugh at each other, but there is something about this joy. Now, joy is a is a misnomer. Uh, joy sometimes we we get confused of what the difference is, or there is no difference between happiness and joy. Well, happiness depends upon your circumstances. Joy depends upon it's God. And joy, uh, I, I love the old acronym Jesus, others, and then yourself, and that's how you have joy. But the Bible says this: it's a source of divine joy. There again in Psalm one nineteen, as we looked. In this, um, this, our text, in Psalm 119 and verse number 111, it says that, that thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. If I was to ask you, and, and I would ask myself this same question is, what really makes you happy? What really makes you happy? Um, I've learned this as well. There's a lot of babies in churches nowadays. A lot of growing up that we need to do in our churches. Uh, we like to entertain. I, I mean, I've I got to be honest with you. I, I've caught myself in what I do. I, I've called it entertaining evangelism. But I have to catch myself because my, my thing was this. I think I can laugh people right into a place called hell. Just making people laugh. But that biggest difference of this, is when we talk about this rejoicing of my heart, what really makes you have joy in your life? Well, God's Word does. It'll help you with that. When you and I think about the rejoicing of your heart, look what it says in, in John the 15th chapter and the 11th verse. When we think about the, the joy that we would have, that divine joy, it says in John fifteen eleven. He says, These things have I spoken unto you that, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. The Bible says also to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You remember when you first got saved? Those of you in the room, and I'm, I'm, I pray everyone in here is <laughs> saved and knows the Lord as their personal Savior. If you don't, come talk to us. But I would tell you this. You remember how that, that your joy to remain full? is staying in God's Word. I want to tell you something. You write this out to the side there on your little thing that you, of your, your note parts that you've got that you can write. I want you to write something. Obedience is the key to joy. Obedience is the key to joy. To having that joy, there again, and where we looked just a second ago in John fifteenth chapter, and that eleventh verse. If you notice the verses before that, in verse number nine and ten, this thing of obedience. Here's what you and I want. And again, I'm, I, I'll put myself in here because I don't. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but I want to tell you something. We are so self centered about ourselves. I want to be happy. I want my what benefits me. It's all about me. But the Bible says here, as the Father, there in John 15, in verse number 9, it says, as the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love, if you keep my commandments. That's part of this, when we talk about, we study God's Word. And we look into God's Word to have that joy. There's that obedience part, that obedience of doing what He has said to do. Not to be, I think we looked at this word, this verse in uh, James last week, not just being hearers, but being doers of his word. If you're going to get in a Bible study, and if you're going to take those two lessons we talked about, the recipe of studying how to study, getting you those plans and making a period of time and all those things, here's the key to it, I'm going to tell you, is if you're going to do it, you're not just going to study it, and you're just going to get information overload and get a bunch of stuff and information so you can appear to be smart on God's word. God forbid that I do that. I don't want to be one of those that, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to, get in the, I'm going to get on the game of Jeopardy and try to impress somebody. But here's what we were doing. We're doing it because of our obedience, because we love God's word. And what he tells us to do, we're going to obey it. We've got a lot of babies. We've got a lot of disobedient people in our churches. Um, I say this a lot. I probably shouldn't say it. But I've been in church Physically, since I come from my mother, since I was 10 days old. I've seen enough church to be sick of church at times. I, I, get, I get tired of some of the things in the games that we play in church. So here's what I would tell you. that When we talked about that first point of getting your growth, getting the growth and really growing in God's word and studying God's word. Um, then you're going to have the joy if you obey what he is telling you to do. It's all of the part of the process of studying God's Word. The result of studying the Bible is simply this. What the Bible does for you, these things right here, you'll receive that. The third thing I would tell you is this. It's also a source of dynamic power. One of the things that, uh, that I love is something that's got a lot of power. <clears throat> I had a 69 Chevelle. Joel had an Oldsmobile 442. But, and we both had glass packs on those cars. And uh, they sounded more powerful than they were. But um, uh, uh, I don't know about his, but I, I think mine drank more oil than it did gas. But we tried to impress people by thinking it was really powerful. Well, I've told the story of this, and I, I'm having a lot of trouble with my hearing. Uh, not, not bad. I'm not losing my hearing. But I have had hearing uh, ringing in my ears. When we sit, lay down to go to bed of a night and all the sound is done, I, I have constant ringing in my ears. And, uh, and I have partial loss in my left ear. Well, I, let, me, let me just confess to you, I'm an idiot, okay? Uh, I'm an absolute idiot. And uh, so I tell this story, when I talk about power, here's what I want to tell you what happened. I was in uh, uh, the uh, 278th Armored Cavalry Regiment, and I was in Fort Stewart, Georgia. And there's a thing called a column, a column meter that you have to adjust for your sights on a howitzer. I was on a, uh, these, they look like tanks, they're howitzers. So did I, did I tell you about, I'm a real idiot? So they were out in the middle of a fire mission and I walk out in the middle of that to put the sandbags on the, adjust the sandbags on the column meter and all of a sudden I heard five of those howitzers, they said fire (laughs) and it went off. Well at that point in time was the most powerful thing I've ever felt in my life. It felt like my skin was ripping off of me and I went back to the back where I was supposed to be at and I heard this constant ringing in my ears. And so I think of this word in the Bible that is a word called dunamis. It's a word that means it's an explosive type of power that you and I can't explain it. So when I think about God's word and what the Bible does for us, it's a source of this dynamic power. Now you think back on anything that you've had in your life, the powerful. My car, Joel's car, they were pretty powerful. They were okay. But you think about this power, this dunamis, power, that dynamic power. It's actually where we get the word dynamite from. And so when we think about the source of that dynamic power, again, look at the text here in Psalm 119 that we were looking at. And look what it says in verse number 28. It says, My soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen thou me according unto thy word. So what does the Bible do for us? What's the result of us studying the Bible? It's a great source of dynamic power. It gives you power. It's that power. That, it's that ump factor. You know, there's, there's something uh, uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor said it best. We want more power, don't we? Oh, 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 oh. Well, I wanted that. We want to soup something up. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I don't know about Joel now, but if we had a, a car or something, every one of us would we'd try to do something to make it more powerful. We used to take the breathers and turn them upside down. You remember that? How many of you guys ever done that? You turn the breather upside down and you get that sound. And it sounds really powerful. Well, in our Christian walk, think about the Bible and what it does. It's that great source. It's a source of dynamic power. It's powerful. We love powerful things. I think men nowadays, uh, I was sharing joy, I, I did a men's conference the other night, and I was telling them about something, that, that the men need to take the role of the men, of what, according to the Bible, and and there's certain elements of that. In fact, as I was preparing the lesson, I was standing there as I was folding the laundry at the house, and then Donna told me to get the dishes done after that. I said, men need to be men. But it's true. And that power, you know, we work out. How do you work out? For what? You want to be stronger, more power. I never did that. I never reached that point. But we want that power. I want to tell you something. You get in God's word, and it said, when it, he said there in Psalm 119, 28, Strengthen thou me. Make me stronger. Give me more power. Not unlike what we think of it. But that verse of Scripture in Romans 116, when it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That word power there is that Greek word dunamis. It's that explosive power that you and I can't explain. It's unbelievable. Ephesians 3.20, when he says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Can I tell you something tonight? God wants to release his power within you and I. And it's, it begins with us getting in his word, studying his word. When you and I begin to... to, to Realize the power that God's word, this book has. And we really realize that. It'll change our lives. I mean that. I think it changes. I've seen people. uh, I've had people that got in God's word and was really sincere about getting into God's word. And I watched their walk with God be totally different. Their life, what was going on in their life, they're changed. That's what the Bible talks about. So, again, what does the Bible do for us? It is that source of developing growth. It is also that that source of divine joy. It is also that source of the dynamic power that we want. The fourth thing it does is this. It's a source of direction and guidance. I said, and I was being crude, or or, uh, sounds disrespectful, but our churches are full of babies. They're full of babies. We need to grow up. We're also in, in unhappy. We need that joy. There's no power. Uh, and, and power is, is a misnomer. I, I need to give you this before I, I move forward. Uh, here's a misnomer about power. Some people think power is your when you're loud. Or you've got to be jumping up and down and, and hooping in a holler. And that's not power. That's not power. Power is that little old lady that sits on a seat somewhere in a church and she's praying for that preacher that's up here breaking the bread of life and and he's up here preaching he don't even realize miss jones or little miss smith back there that has to go to home by herself or that she's praying for him she's got power that's the power that's the power when you when you baptize a lady that was uh, how old was she 87 something you told me that's power that's power the other stuff's kind of just for show we do a lot of times but I want to tell you, when we want this last thing, is that source of direction and guidance. I think this, all of those other things I said our churches are full of, we're full, also full of a bunch of wanderers. One of the things about sheep is this. I, I think I may have shared it here, but uh, when you study sheep, yeah, I did, because I, there was some lady here said she has sheep, right? You, you're the one that has sheep. Well, re, re, help me, educate me here just a moment. Sheep, again, are really prone to wander, and they are really stupid. They are. And they what? Extremely. Extremely stupid. Remind you of anybody? Reminds me of us. So here's what I would tell you about that is. God's Word, the result of studying the Bible, it's a, it does this for us. It's a source of direction and guidance. Again, back in our text in Psalm 119, this verse of Scripture, that's very familiar verse of Scripture in Psalm 19, 105, says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If I was to take a flashlight and you turned all the lights off and all I did was begin to walk down a path. And, and it does this right here. There's something about having a light. If, you're, if you've went out late of a night and had to walk down maybe a pathway... And one of the things about that light is this. Where do you shine that light? Do you shine it way up here? What's going to happen when what's down here? Well, you're going to stumble over something. But what happens is this. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It it really pretty much tells me about this day type compartments we talked a little bit about last time. It talks about those things that are right now, the here and now. Those things that you and I, that's what the word of God does. It gives us direction. It says it's a line unto my path. The verse of Scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that's on your notes is very familiar to us all. And the way we look at that, when we think about getting direction or guidance, the Bible says this, that trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understandings, depending on your translation. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall... Direct your paths. Here's what I would tell you: Just as the sheep are prone to wander, you and I are prone to wander. Sometimes we need some direction. Your pastors, your teachers, and those that would stand up and talk to you about what God's Word says. Sometimes it's giving you a direction to help you and guidance. When I pray for my my family. I pray, and I think I've told you this, and it sounds like a robotic canned prayer, but my prayer is this, Lord, watch over us and protect us, lead, guide, and direct us. I have a little message that I share with people. It's that glowing heart of affection. I have the uh, the G and the shuns on it, I call it. But it's that glowing heart of affection. God, show that to me, how much you love me. But then also give me that guarding hand of protection that he watches over us. But here's the other thing I pray for is a guiding hand of direction. When you do this, because I I think we are so prone to wander just like those sheep, that we don't realize the light into our path that God's given us that. It's in His Word. And also that what we look at this, when we think about this, when He says He shall direct our paths, there's three elements of that, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. First part is this, to trust in the Lord. I've told you this, and I and I share this with folks because I, I really believe this is a, a, a epitomizes myself. We don't often trust God as much as we want to trace God. We want to trace the steps of God and what He's doing in our life. Have you ever made this statement? I have. God, I don't know what you're doing. Sometimes when I pray and I try to be really honest, I, I say, God, I don't know what you're doing here. And and when I say that, it's almost like I'm being condescending and I'm saying, God, I think I could do this a lot better if you let me do this. But what we got to realize is this. He says, trust me, trust me, trust in the Lord with all of your heart to lean not to your own understanding. And those things that's going on in our life right now, somebody said, explain what happened yesterday at that school. I can't explain that. I can't explain it in this way. There's a lot of evil people in this world. I can tell you this, that when I get to the point of where if I want him to direct my past, I first got to trust him, but then I've got to lean not to my own understanding. I've got to quit trying to figure everything out. That's where I'm at. I'm trying to figure out why bad things happen to good people, and I'm trying to figure out why good things happen to bad people. I'm like, that guy's been so blessed. What's the sorriest rascal I've ever met? I can't figure that out. But then I think about me. I don't deserve the blessings God's give me. Neither do any of us in this room, do we? So when we think about this direction and this guidance, he says, "Trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in everything that you do." Those three things, he shall direct your paths. He says there in Psalm 37:23. I love this verse of Scripture. It's one that I use in my personal testimony. Psalm 37, says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, that word order is a Hebrew word, and I cannot pronounce it. I've pronounced it wrong many times. It's spelled K-U-W-N. And, and it's, it's either Kun or Kin, whatever reference or study Bible you may have. But when I think about this source of direction and guidance, it's talking about the steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. In a nutshell, what that word means is it's already prepared and established. Now, that does not mean that we are robots and God just lets us walk through this earth and He's playing with us like a kid plays with little dolls. I don't believe that. I believe this I believe that the Bible, when it talks about the steps that are, they are ordered, there's a verse of scripture there again in our text, one, one, 119, Psalm 119. Look what it says in verse number five. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Well, when you think about that, I'm going to give you something really quick. Uh, this is extra. And write this down. I'm going to give you five. I looked at the strong concordance of the, the root words for that word for ordered. When you talk about direction and guidance and um, how that, that w- those words are ordered, and they all start with F. I'm going to give you just the, the five of them that begin with the letter F. Okay, the first of all, the first one is it's fashioned. It's fashioned, and what that means is it's specifically designed. That the steps, that your direction, that we wander. We're trying to figure out, God, where do you want me to go in my life? Where should I go to work? Where should I go to church? Who should I marry? Who should I have a relationship with? Should I buy this car? Should I buy this home? All of those things are what we call, those are steps in our life, and we need direction in those. So when you look at Psalm 119, and when he talks about that, he says this. Look over in Psalm 139. Look at Psalm 139 and verse number um, 14 through 16. When we think about the, the word fashioned, it's specifically designed. He says there, Psalm 139, verses 14 through 16, if you want to write that down and look at it. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and thy... That my soul knoweth right well, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wroth in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in the book of all members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. You think of this: that you and I were fashioned. We were specifically designed. So He's got direction for our lives. That other F word is this, it's fitted. It means it's to be put in a proper place. When you and I think of this, uh, I'm, I'm really OCD. I love this one because it's fitted. It means put in its proper place. It means to be arranged. Um, let me ask you men, how many of you go in there to the dishwasher? If you've got a, a, a dishwasher, and I'm not talking about your wife, I'm talking about the di- actual appliance, a dishwasher. And you go in there, and, and whoever's been in there, and you go in there, do you rearrange it? Any of you? I do. I do. I'm, I'm terrible at it. I go in there. She'll hear me in there, and she'll hear me beating around. And uh, she goes, don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to run it in a minute. But that, that word fashioned and also fitted, the other things, that, I'll give you these three real quick, is, is also that it's fastened. That's a root word for that word that means it's ordered. It means it's fashioned, fastened, fastened. It's also the other one furnished. All of these things that we're talking about that he, he says that, there, that he's going to, these steps are ordered, prepared, and established. The last F word is this, it's finished. You don't have to worry about it. Get direction. God's direction for yours and my life is just this. You and I just need to do those things that he's told us to do and ask him to give us direction. And he's going to give you direction and guidance in there. On your, close of the, on your handout and your booklet right now, I want you to look at it. The close of this, what I would tell you about the result of studying the Bible. What the Bible does for us is this. First of all, the Word of God does this. It strengthens our faith. It strengthens yours and mine faith. I've gave you some characteristics of some of us in, in the church nowadays. We need to grow. We need to have joy and happiness. We need that power, and we need some direction. Now, I'm talking to us as individuals, but I want to tell you as a church, if you're a pastor or somebody I was talking to, I would tell you this. We need to understand this is how you're going to get your church to be the church God wants it to be. But it starts with us as individuals. And that word of God strengthens our faith. I want to be stronger. I said earlier about the power. Well, in Romans the 10th chapter there in the 17th verse, when we think about, when we talk about this, this, uh, this strengthening of our faith, in Romans the 10th chapter it said, then, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Back to why we study the Bible. Somebody says, I, I want more faith. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I had a gentleman I was working with today that told me, he said, man, I'll tell you one thing, I will not make the mistake of doing any more. And um, he said, you know what I've been praying for? He said, I've been praying for patience. I said, ooh, 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 don't do that. I said, sometimes, because the trying of your faith, that, that works. It's, it's tough. So be careful what you pray for. But when you say this, I want my faith to grow. It's this, that the, so then faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. When you come and you listen to the preached word of God, you come, you listen to the sung word of God. When you come to a Sunday school, whatever y'all call it, 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 Bible Fellowship, whatever you call it, 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 when you're listening to the Word of God, your faith is growing. When you do daily audio Bible or something else where you're listening to the Bible, the spoken word of God, um, I'm gonna tell you, your faith will grow. When you do that, the word of God, it strengthens our faith. It also does this, it supplies the Holy Spirit now when you begin to talk about the Holy Spirit it scares some people to death but I want to, I want to put you at ease here today because the Bible is so plain on the Holy Spirit God the Holy Spirit and what He does in John the 3rd chapter there in John the 3rd chapter verse number 6 through 8 He says this that, it, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit marvel not that I say unto you you must be born again the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so it is every one that is born of the Spirit. In a nutshell, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, when it comes, how the Word of God, it, it supplies the Holy Spirit to you and I when He speaks to us. When I say, God, speak to me from Your Word today. When you when you sit down, and you begin to read, whether it be on a phone or, or a tablet or or how you read God's Word, ask Him. And ask him that to strengthen your faith, and at the same time supply the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and He will do it. I promise you. He says there in, in that uh, sixth chapter, there in John, verse number uh, four. Let, let's do sixty-five. I'll skip through a couple of them. And He said, "Therefore, saith unto you, that no man can come unto Me except it were given unto him of My Father." Um, there is a statement a lot of people say. You know, as a as a sinner, sometimes I, I will tell you this. Uh, I don't want to get off track here, but I would tell you this. When we begin to think about the Holy Spirit, I have a lot of people that tell me, says, man, I can get saved any time I want to. Well, I beg your pardon. That's very unscriptural. There's the drawing of the Holy Spirit for you to be saved. And so that is one thing when you and I begin to think about the Word of God, how it strengthens our faith, but it supplies the Holy Spirit. The last thing that I would give you, it sustains life for us. Life for us. In John 10, 10, the bottom part of that, that verse of Scripture says, I am come that they might have a life. And have life more abundantly. Most of us says this. Uh, I want everything you've got for me. in I, uh, what I do as a profession, I, 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 get a, I just get appalled at some of the commercials that they have for uh, these Medicare things, okay? And I will tell you one of them that I, I can't stand is those people that says, I want what, what I, what's coming to me. I want what's coming to me. <laughs> I don't. I don't I deserve hell. But he's saying this, he sustains life for us in his word of God when he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Do you want that abundant life? Uh as I'll wrap up next week, I'll I'll tell you this the, the response, the response you can expect of studying the Bible. All of these lessons that that, uh, that I believe God helped me put together was this, it's is I have used it. That, that's helped me tremendously because I, I struggle so much in this area of studying the Bible. But I think this lesson in, within itself, when I think about this, it characterizes me exactly. And I appreciate you tonight sitting in an audience as God has spoke to me. Because I am that one that needs to grow. I am that one that loses my joy at time. I am that one that doesn't have a lot of power sometimes. There's nothing more, no worse feeling than getting up and, and relying upon your own uh, personality or your own strengths or, or whatever you've got, and there's no power of God. I see a lot of really nice, sharply dressed, good-looking uh, preachers that get up to preach, and there is no power of God in them at all. Now, I don't, I don't expect you to say amen to that, but I want to tell you something. It scares me to death to think some of these that are leading people and misleading some people. And then what I would tell you is that direction and guidance. I'm, I'm that same way. I still need direction in my life. I tell them all the time. I said, I said you know, I'm at the age I'm at right now, and I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Instead of growing up, I'm just growing old. So I appreciate you so much. I, I hope that you'll be here next week. as we, We'll wrap this little study up. And uh, and uh, if you've got some others that would uh, like to do it, I know they've got some extra book booklets here. If you would like... Share with other people, and then tell them if they would like to follow along, they can listen to your podcast on, on the is it your website or yeah. on your website. Go to theirs, and they can fill in the blanks, and uh, and I, hopefully it'll benefit those. If you would, I want you to stand with me. I want you to come up here. If you if you'd like to come up here, and uh, and and let's pray, and uh, and if you've got some things you want to share, I know we've got several things we've been praying for. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you so much for those that have come tonight. Thank you for the, the uh, hunger for your word. That, Lord, we can look to your word and, and uh, oh, God, how it benefits us. Help us never take that for granted. And, Father, I pray right now, this church, uh, I know they have a burden for that, those folks over in Nashville in that situation. I just pray for those families, uh, those that um, where death has come and those that uh, are survivors. And how it's going to impact those little children, I just pray God for your hand of mercy on them, help them meet their need and Father, for these that we've been praying for, I, I continue to pray for this uh, Miss Kim in California, and for the so thankful to get the report of a heartbeat and I pray Father that you'll continue to meet the need that is there. All of these that have these health issues, Rosa and all these others we've mentioned over the last few weeks right now, I want to pray for for um, Cindy's father. Father, I pray right now, would you meet his need? I know that um, he has lived a great life, and he loves you. And I just pray for comfort for him and your mercy and your meeting of every need that he has. I pray for Richard, for his heart and, and things that's going on in his life. Meet his need as well. Caroline in this, uh, this pregnancy, continue to bless her, help them through that, and uh, meet every need. Now, Father, I pray for this pastor. I pray for this church, every staff member. I pray for your guidance and how they lead and how you lead them to lead. God, will you meet their needs? And, Father, I pray for their upcoming events they've got. I know they've got singings coming on and special events and Easter. Bless this church. Bless this community and those, those members, Lord, and that they would serve, not just sit, but they would serve and help. And, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do and how you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.